Okay, get in, put your seat belts on, and hold on. Because here we go. We are in Jonah. We read Jonah 1 last week, and we left Jonah being thrown overboard into the sea. Now, I've lived in California most of my life. Um, I have spent at least 56 years of my 66 years living by the ocean. I've been blessed. I've body surfed there, I've board surfed, I've swum, I've done all sorts of things, I've played in the sand, but there are some lessons I've learned about the ocean because the ocean is a dangerous place. You take your, hand, your, your life in your own hands as you approach the ocean. So um, there may be some people here who have never been to the ocean or have been there not too many times. Let me give you some quick lessons about the danger of the ocean. One, never turn your back on the ocean. It will sneak up on you and eat you, carry you out to sea. Watch out for rip currents. Those are currents that start at the beach and pull people directly out into the ocean. And even the best swimmer cannot swim against the, the current. They will keep on drawing farther and farther and farther out. The hint is, the secret is, is if you get caught in a rip current, you swim parallel to the beach until you're outside the current. But to try to swim against the current, there's a sermon there somewhere, um, you will never make it back to the beach. And even a calm ocean can quickly turn dangerous as it did for the fishermen, the sailors. Um, one of my elders in a church in Crescent City had a 32-foot um, ocean-going uh, boat. And he took Linda and I and his wife and we went sailing out of Brookings Harbor in Oregon to uh, look for rock cod, fish for rock cod. And it was a beautiful day when we headed out. But very soon the uh, swells began to pick up, but we were catching lots of fish. And uh, we decided that we wanted to stay and catch some more fish. But as we sat there, the swells got bigger and bigger. And um, I noticed all of a sudden I took my eyes off the fishing and I looked around and noticed that the water not too far away from the boat was about 20 feet over my head. And we would go way up to the top of the swell and then slam back down on the other side of the swell. It got dangerous very quickly, especially when I turned and looked out and saw these, this rocky crag that we were heading toward. So I remember saying to Stan, I think we need to go in now. And the response was, but we're catching fish. I said, yeah, but that's a big wave. It had been beautiful when we headed out, but quick, turn, turnly quick, turnly, quickly turned dangerous. Uh, such it is in life. As we turn our lives away from God, things can quickly get out of hand, quickly get dangerous. And that's where Jonah found himself thrown over the side of the boat and he was swallowed up. Verse 17 of chapter 1 says he was swallowed up by a great fish. 
that God had appointed. The, the word there means God had ordained. Now, I don't know when God ordained it. Maybe in centuries past, God had chosen out that fish to be there at the right time to swallow Jonah. And we read here in, in verse 17 that uh, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. In the ancient Near East, in many of their writings, this phrase, three days and three nights, comes up. And what it meant for the people of those days was he was um, good enough dead. He was long enough dead. He was not coming back. He was not nearly dead. He was Dead. And I think that's why Jesus refers to uh, his own resurrection. When the people asked for a, a sign, Jesus uh, turned to them and, and said, No sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah, who was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So the Son of Man will be buried three days and three nights. He will be considered long enough dead. It's not that he was crucified on the cross and then uh, a half hour later he was revived again. We always think at that point, well, maybe he really wasn't dead. But when you take a person who has been crucified and bring them off the cross and wrap them up in cloth and place them in a tomb for three days and three nights, they are long enough dead. Jesus' resurrection was the real thing. Back to Jonah. Chapter 2, let me read for you. This is Jonah's prayer from the belly of the fish. It's a prayer of thanksgiving based upon not just desire, but based upon need and how God answered it. There are numerous uh, psalms uh, throughout the psalms that are prayers of thanksgiving based upon God meeting the need of an individual. And that's where Jonah's uh, prayer is found. Jonah prayed to, the, to Yahweh, his God, from the belly of the fish saying, I called out to Yahweh out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. At the bottom of the mountains, at the root of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed me in forever. Yet, you brought me up, brought up my life from the pit. Oh, Yahweh, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered Yahweh, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. For those who pay regard to vain idols, um, forsake their hope of steadfast love. But 
With a voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to Yahweh. And Yahweh spoke to the fish. He summoned that fish again, much like in verse 17. And the fish vomited Jonah upon the dry land. Now, what are some of the things we learn before we move quickly to, um, to an application for our lives today? First of all, uh, as we look at, at those first couple of verses, it's really a summation of what Jonah will pray through the, the rest of the, of the psalm, of this, of this prayer. And note in verse 3 that it was God who cast him in the deep. It was part of God's plan to have Jonah cast into the deep. God knew he's omniscient. He knows all things. He knew about Jonah running. He knew about the ship and the storm. He knew about the need for a fish and Jonah being thrown overboard. He knew that Jonah would sink to the bottom of the sea unless God intervened in some powerful and miraculous way. Jonah says, for you cast me into the deep. Not the sailors on the boat, but God, you cast me into the sea, into the heart of the sea, into the deep. He speaks about the flood and the billows and the waves, all speaking about God's ownership of creation. God was able to tell a great fish, to create a great fish, to ordain a great fish, to come and swallow Jonah up, to bring him safely where he needed to be. God has ownership. God is in control. And then in the next few verses, um, Jonah speaks of, his, of the reality of his situation and the hope that it, it is. And the first part of verse 4, he said, then I am driven away from your sight. Remember that in chapter 1 that Jonah taught, sought to run away from God's sight? And now he comes to the place where he feels he's driven away from God's sight. But that's the reality I was driven away from your sight, but the hope he finds is, yet I shall look upon your holy temple. I shall gaze in that way. It's what I am going to do. Even though you cast me, I'm not going to run anymore from you. I'm going to look toward you because you are my hope. In verses 5 and 6, the waters closed over me to take my life. It surrounded me. I was wrapped with seaweed. I went to the bottom of the sea. I was enclosed at the end of verse 6, yet you brought me up, brought up my life from the pit, O Yahweh, my God. There's a reality and there's a hope in the midst of that reality. Verse 7, when my life was fainting away, I remembered Yahweh and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. There's the reality we live in. And there's the hope that we can have. Verses 8 and 9 remind us that Joseph's hope was, was based in, founded in, the steadfast love of God. And also that God was his savior, was his salvation. 
That word, at the end of verse 9, there was a salvation belongs to Yahweh. It's the same word that Jesus' name was taken from, that word Yeshua, that Jesus is the salvation of God brought to us to take us out of the pit and provide for us new life. This one who Jonah saw as the salvation which belongs to Yahweh, we know today to belong to Jesus. He is able to rescue us from the deepest parts. Verse 10 says, the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah. Now that word vomited in Hebrew means vomited. It was a mess. So, what are the truths for us today? What can we take from these few words of uh, Jonah's story and apply to our life? First of all, I want us to remember that it's okay to cry out to God. It's okay. It's not a sign of weakness to say, God, you are my only hope. Rescue me from this place I find myself in. It's not a sign of weakness, but a sign of need. And I don't know about you, but I need Jesus. I need the Lord. I am too often in the belly of the fish. It's okay to cry out. Second thing I want you to remember is that God hears your cry even from the deep, dark places of your life, the situations of your life. You don't have to get things right before you cry out. You aren't so deep in the sea, in the belly of the fish, that God can't hear you. It's not that you, well, I've got all these problems and I've done all these sins and I'm uh, broken in body and broken in spirit and broken in emotion. God can't hear me. I said, no, God can hear you from the deepest part. He can hear you from hell. And he responds. Remember that God is your deliverer. He's your savior. He's your salvation. He will save you, has saved us from the darkest place. Paul writes to the Colossians, he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, in light, not in darkness. For he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. God's work is to take us from the deep, dark places and bring us into his kingdom, a place of light. And lastly... Let's remember, just because God saves, just because God brings you out of the darkness does not mean you won't come out with vomit all over you. Life is messy. 
God forgives, God rescues, but there still may be the vomit of our situations that holds on to us. If it does for you, as it does for me, let that be a reminder of thanksgiving to God. For God, even though I may stink like whale throw up, you have rescued me. You have redeemed me. Because, as Jonah said, because of your steadfast love. Not because I deserved it. Jonah did not deserve rescue. But because of God's steadfast love. He rescues me. He rescues you. If you're in that deep, dark place today, cry out. God hears. God will rescue. God will save. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is Bethesda mb.org that's Bethesda m as in Mary b as in boy.org or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron have a blessed day